sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Pro-Life America podcast, or welcome to those who are just first discovering the podcast. And where have you been? You should have been here this whole time. Should have been here the whole time. I'm Mark Crutcher, and you just heard the dulcet voice of my (laughs) comical sidekick, Sarah Waits, and we want to welcome you to the show. We've got a really good show today. I I hope so. I'm really excited about this. It'd be really bad if we said, guys, we have a show for you. It's not very good. It's not very good, but (laughs) But, thank you for tuning in. Y'all can just leave now. Y'all can just endure it. We're seeing something happen as a result, believe it or not, of the Black Lives Matter situation. Ironically. Ironically, that I think is going to be a major victory for the pro-life movement. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I think the real victor in this is the babies. The baby. Well, that's it's not, always it's the not case. necessarily yeah. the movement, but it's the babies. But when the pro life movement succeeds, the babies get saved. So that's true. It's a win anyway, around. Just to bring people up to date real quick that may not know, in two thousand nine, we released a documentary called Maafa Twenty One. And I want to preface this by saying that it's a really good documentary. I'm not typically one who likes too many documentaries because I think they're dull as toast, but this one is just incredible. It keeps people's attention. People don't complain about it being too long or being boring or anything. It keeps people there. Yeah. We were really blessed. God clearly directed this deal because we accomplished something that none of us were talented enough to accomplish, so we know who had their hand in this deal. If you haven't seen it, go watch the Mafa 21 trailer at mafa21.com, M-A-A-F-A-21.com. Yes, and it's free, or you can order a DVD. You can watch the documentary for free on that website as well. Right. It's a documentary proving that the original motivation for the legalization of abortion had nothing to do with women's rights or reproductive freedom or choice or any of that other nonsense you hear. The original motivation for the legalization of abortion was black genocide. Racism, pure and simple. And it was a continuation of the eugenics movement that began right after the end of the Civil War. So they set out to get rid of them, and Charles Darwin was one of the motivators behind this. and, And his cousin was the guy who actually created the term eugenics. You know, I've noticed something interesting. When we're talking about eugenics, I'm not going to go too deep into this because we have a limited amount of time, but... I don't know if you're aware of this, but I've noticed subtly a whole bunch of people trying to change and rewrite the history of eugenics and trying to make it like eugenics was just this theory that was warped and twisted by the Nazis. But before then, it was fine, and it was just a scientific theory, and it was not racist at all, which is complete and utter BS. And we proved it. I mean, our documentary proves that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And they set out to wipe out the black population, the very population that these ultra-wealthy industrialists had made their fortunes on and that mm-hmm. had created the American economy. Mm-hmm. They did that on the back of slaves. But once um, slavery was no longer allowed, they had no use for these black people, and they set out to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And eventually that led to the legalization of abortion, and we show how that was true. And we show that the early civil rights groups in this country recognized that. Mm-hmm. They were outspoken about it, and yeah. they talked about it a lot in in magazines and newspaper articles. And you had people like the Black Panthers and Elijah Mm -hmm. Muhammad. um, Even Jesse Jackson was talking about it until he started running for president, and then suddenly he was pro-choice. Right. All of a sudden, literally in a couple of days, he changed around. Funny how that works, isn't it? And it is, because the money started flowing toward him. 
But anyway, we connect the dots, literally, from the end of slavery to today and show how abortion was legalized as an instrument of black genocide. And if you think we're tinfoil hat crazy people, go watch the go, documentary go before the you documentary. make any decisions right. on that. Well, one of the people, and there's something that's going on right now that's really interesting, and I want to, but I want to bring in somebody here that was actually in the documentary, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Broden from Dallas, a friend of ours, and we want to welcome you to the show. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing fine, doing fine. Better known as Pastor Broden. I'm Pastor. Like my friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him, Pastor Broden. Get the title right. You worked hard for it. <laughs> he did. And he continues to work hard to oh, justi- yeah. justify it. Oh, yeah. He's out there. But you were one of the main people in the documentary. And I don't remember. We didn't know each other even before that, did we? I think we met you through doing the research for the documentary. Well, yeah, Dr. Hunter was our connection. Yes, that's right. Dr. Johnny Hunter uh, from LEARN, which is the largest African-American pro-life organization in the country. Yeah, it's blackgenocide.org is their website if you want to go check them out. It was a great project. I think we would all agree, like I said a moment ago, that the talent it took to make Maafa turn out like it did, none of the people involved in it had that talent. I can assure you, I wrote the script for it. I had no talent for doing that. God orchestrated this whole thing. And Stefan, we've talked about this several times over the years, but on the day after we did the premiere of it here in Denton, and you were there at that, the next morning we had a meeting between those of us at Life Dynamics and several leaders in the black pro-life movement around the country. You were one, and uh, Clonard Childress and Johnny Hunter and a few others. And we just kind of assessed what we had created, you know, what do we have here? And I think we all agreed that we had a major tool that we had never had before. I don't know if you remember this or not, Stefan, but I had to know how many DVDs did we want to make because we want to make as many as we think we'll need so we get the unit cost down, but we don't want to make so many that a year later we have 500,000 of them sitting in a warehouse somewhere. (laughs) Start creating furniture out of them. Right. Tables. (laughs) And do you remember, Pastor Broden, when we all agreed that if we could get out 10,000 of those DVDs over a period of five years, 2,000 a year, that we would consider that a success? Do you remember that? I do remember. Well, to date, we have put out over 275,000 of them. And we're 11 11 years down the road, and we're still selling them hand over fist. We sold, uh, what, 400? I only know about two cases that we sold just a couple days ago, but I'm sure there's more. We're still selling them by the case lots, 100 per case. It's been shown at the United States Capitol twice. It's been seen on YouTube. Thousands of times. Well, we think over a million. Yeah, because there's so many people who take our documentary and they break it up and they've posted it themselves. So it's been far more successful than we ever envisioned that it would be. I have to tell you, the first time I saw it was a showing. I'm not sure who the organization was who was hosting the showing, but it was at the Angelica here in Dallas. And Pastor Broden, I don't remember if you were there or not. I think you may have been because I think there was a Q&A afterwards and you're pretty local. Pretty local. Well, he lives in Dallas. I mean, somebody's either with, local with, or they're not. You well, can't with traffic, be pretty local. with traffic, <laughs> it could be like twenty minutes away, and you could get there forty-five minutes later. So that's why I say pretty local. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was thinking maybe you were using the Spanish word for crazy. I, I didn't know. <laughs> loco. Yeah, pretty that loco. too. That too. Well, it was pretty loco because the fire alarms went off twice during that deal. But were we, you there? Do you remember? I don't recall. That's some time ago, but I do know this had. Martha has a life of its own. It, it's resurging now, mm-hmm. and I think it's resurging in connection with this new wokeness that is among many across this nation. 
and particularly around the issue of Black Lives Matter and mm. racism and issues of concern within the community. Yeah. And AFA has a way of giving, I think, a context to this movement that mm-hmm. had not been seen before. It shows their uh, hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what we're seeing, and I know that the Black Lives Matter people never even thought about this and certainly didn't intend it to happen. But a few days ago, I noticed on social media how much all of a sudden out of nowhere, Maafa 21 was getting talked about and the issue of black genocide and racism being the motivation for the legalization of abortion. All of a sudden, it's just exploding. So I started going through social media, different platforms and looking at and believe me, I'm not a social media person. I think the whole thing is nonsense, <laughs> but it's the way things are these days. But so I started going through some of these platforms and other and I was amazed to find out how much attention is being paid to Maafa right now. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden then we also see that a video from the movie of Pastor Hunter, Johnny Hunter, was trending and was being seen by thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, that sermon of his is the last scene in Maafa 21. Right. So I started making it a point to look every day at social media, and I saw this was just exploding. So I started calling people. I called Johnny and I talked to Stefan here about it. And everybody said they had seen the same thing. They had noticed the same phenomenon. Is that, was that your experience too, Stefan? Oh, yeah. I had a chance to see the clip with Dr. Hunter, and it came on my computer. I have a, a thing whenever my name is mentioned, it shows up, and my name showed up because Dr. Hunter had mentioned me in his interview. Mm -hmm. So I had a chance to see it. And that was the trigger that people were looking at my offer 21 again. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has a life of its own. It's starting to breathe again. And no better time to do it because when we talk about the value of life and the dignity of, Mm -hmm. of humanity, abortion has to be a part of that conversation. When we talk about black lives being meaningful and valuable, then that applies also to the baby in the womb. And so what we have been doing and what Mark has done very effectively with Ma'afa is to show that whether we're yellow, black or white, we're all precious in the sight. Mm-hmm. And little babies, little black babies are just as important as George Floyd was exactly. who was murdered. But little babies are being murdered every day in the black community at a level that is absolutely breathtaking. We discovered several years ago and Mark, you know, we put up a big billboard in Soho, New York. It says the most dangerous place for an African-American is in its mother's womb. Yeah. And when we put that billboard up, it, it was at a time at a time that the numbers had went upside down in New York City, mm-hmm. where there were more abortions than there were live births. So this is a kind of information, I think, that will help bring context to the whole declaration that is being made by a group of Marxists who really didn't think that this was going to, to happen. That Backfire their on. message is being sort of usurped by the fact that many, many black babies are being murdered every day. And what it reminds me of is of Joseph and his brothers. Mm-hmm. When they discovered that Joseph was in high authority in Egypt, they were nervous. But it was Joseph who comforted them by saying, what you intended for evil, mm-hmm. God has used it for good. Yeah. And these Marxists and these Maoists, who are connected with BLM, had evil intentions of pushing their agenda, which is a godless agenda, and to usurp our constitution and usurp our liberties and to transform America. They have evil intentions, but God is using it to bring an amplification and illumination 
to the horrific reality of abortion in America. Yeah, in abortion in the black community. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can have a conversation about the systematic oppression of African Americans and an institution of racism without talking about Planned Parenthood and how the abortion industry has targeted the African American community. You can't have that conversation. Well, let's make sure people yeah, understand the, the proportion here and in, in kind of what Pastor Broden is alluding to. If you say, what's the most racist organization in the history of America? And most people, I say, well, the Ku Klux Klan. That mm-hmm. jumps to the top of the list, right? In 150 years, mm-hmm. the Ku Klux Klan killed fewer blacks than Planned Parenthood in the abortion lobby kills every three or four days. Yeah. Every three or four days, they kill more blacks than the Klan killed in 150 years. The reality is the Ku Klux Klan was not the most racist organization in the world. Planned Parenthood is. And that's the point that we need to be making. Since 1973, the African-American population has been reduced by abortion by over 25%. Yep. Gone. And that's a major cultural change. And it's hard to replace that. Yeah. I think demographers tell us it takes two point what eight kids or right. family mm-hmm. in order. Yeah. And if we started doing that now in the black community, it'd take 100 years to try to get the population back to where it should be. 100 years. You pointed out in Siege that this is voter suppression. It's the best form of voter suppression anybody ever came up with. You want to take away the power of the black vote, reduce their population. Right. And that's where we are as a nation. But God is doing something here. You can sense it. You can see it. You can just feel it when you start looking at this issue. He is doing something through this Black Lives Matter by creating awareness. Because what's happening is Black Lives Matter is starting to get a lot of people activated that weren't activated six months ago. Well, when these new people come in, they're not ideologues to this Marxist agenda. They're being duped by the people who are ideologues. So when they come in, their minds are a little bit more open. And all of a sudden, they hear for the first time, Mm -hmm. which they would have never heard our message before. But they hear for the first time, yeah, blacks are being targeted. And here's the people that are targeting them the most is the abortion lobby. Mm -hmm. Abortion clinics are disproportionately located in black communities, which we proved. Yep, and our racial targeting report. You can also find that at moffa21.com. Right. Then all of a sudden, these people are saying, okay, I'm with the Black Lives Matter people over the police brutality. But what about this other deal? Why didn't somebody say anything about that? And we're seeing more and more people who are open to our message Mm -hmm. because they were activated by Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yesterday I posted a post on Instagram about how when the abortion industry places multiple facilities in a zip code, that zip code is two and a half times more likely to be disproportionately minority. You know, it opens people's eyes. And so people understand. This isn't by accident. Right. It's not by accident. It's obviously by design. But the other thing is, it's not just something we're reaching out and grabbing out of thin air. Mm -mm. We did a study, actually, it took quite a while, in which we located all the Planned Parenthood facilities in America and all the independent abortion clinics. And we got their zip code where they're located. Mm -hmm. And then we went and studied by using data that was provided by the United States Bureau of the Census. Mm Mm-hmm what the percentage of black population, Hispanic population was in all those zip codes. And boy, it didn't take long before it was just brutally obvious that these abortion clinics have been disproportionately located. And overwhelmingly minority communities, not just like slightly over 50%. I mean, heavily minority communities. Right. Yep. And uh, sometimes we'd see situations. I remember one state, I can't remember who it was. But they didn't have a lot of abortion clinics in the state. It was a smaller state. Mm -hmm. I think maybe it was Connecticut. 
but the places where the abortion clinics were located had 1,100% higher population of blacks than were in, in the whole state. Yeah. You can't sit here and possibly think this is by accident. And it's on that website. You can go see. Yeah, it's at mafa21.com. You can go look at the numbers. It's staggering. Did you look through that, Pastor Broden? Uh, no, I haven't looked through that, but I am aware of the fact that almost 80% of all abortion facilities, Planned Parenthood facilities, mm-hmm. are within a one-mile radius of African-American community and other minority communities. I'm aware of that. Do you remember, Pastor Broden, in past years— There have actually been congressional hearings on companies that target the black community disproportionately to the white community. Like tobacco, for example. Tobacco companies were investigated. Mm -hmm. Um, Alcohol companies were investigated. They actually discovered, by the way, when the hearings were done in Congress on the alcohol, that the percentage of alcohol in products that these companies were selling, these distillers were selling, the percentage of alcohol was higher in minority communities than it was in other communities. They targeted them. Is it cigarette advertising was 11 times more prevalent in minority communities? I don't know the exact statistics, but I do. what I do know is that there is a campaign out there that is actively trying to spread awareness that a lot of it was racially right. motivated. And there's a quote from one of the big tobacco industries where the president was saying, our product is for basically the feeble-minded, the poor, and minorities. Right. I would love to get my hands on that information if you have it. Send me a link. I'll send you a link because it was really interesting. You know, they found out that if you looked at things like, I remember one of them was pawn shops. Mm-hmm. Pawn shops were disproportionately located in minority communities. Mm-hmm. Places that sell alcohol, places that sell cigarettes, all well, this stuff was disproportionately located. I challenge anybody to find a place that has an alcohol store or a tobacco store and challenge them to not find a pawn shop close by. Yeah. I have <laughs> never seen that to not be the case. Like, you see an alcohol place, like, just go down the street, there's a pawn shop. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know what came of it, but Congress was looking at actually filing criminal charges against the CEOs and leaders of some of these big alcohol and tobacco companies Mm -hmm. for targeting the black community. And by the way, the highest percentage of lung cancer in Mm -hmm. America was black males. Mm -hmm. Well, that's who they targeted. Well, right now what we have is black females making up 13% of the total female population, but having about 30% of the abortions. Which is astounding. It's astounding. Like Pastor Broden was saying earlier, you have places in this country where more black babies are now being aborted than are being born. Mm -hmm. Well, don't tell me that's not related to the fact that their communities have been targeted. You can't tell me that you care about racism and completely ignore this issue. You can't. Right. And it just goes to show more what our argument was in my Alpha 21 that I think we proved beyond a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. And I have challenged pro-aborts on the other side who say, oh, it's just propaganda. And I've said, look, it's a two-hour and 17-minute mm-hmm. documentary. I want you to go through it, and I want you to take a clip out of it and call me and tell me that that's not true, that mm-hmm. what we said right there was not true, any part of it. I've been doing that for 11 years now. Not one of them has done that. But they're trying to rewrite history. I can't tell you how many people are trying to claim that Margaret Sanger was pro-life, which is a joke. She was the founder of Planned Parenthood. Yeah, yeah Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. And I never was told or educated about the state's eugenics boards, the sterilization boards that happened by right. law across the country and all yeah. the 50 states. Right. That was something that was never mentioned in my education, conveniently. Yeah. Yeah. And people out here who are talking about removing any reminders of racist past, when you get rid of those things, you don't learn the history. 
Yep, that's right. Exactly. We're in a what they call the cancel society. They're trying to cancel out. Cancel culture. That's what it is. Uh, Cancel culture. And that's what they're attempting to do is cancel out information. But Mm -hmm. it is a bold-faced lie that Margaret Sanger was pro-life. That's just a bold-faced lie. And easily reminds (laughs) What that reminds us of, and I think this gets back to Scripture. Bible says that in the last times, there will be a deceiving spirit that will go out Mm -hmm. and will deceive many. And that's precisely where we are right now. The deceptive spirit is flooding our culture and flooding our world. Mm -hmm. There's lies happening all over. And because people are not grounded in the truth and that truth is now relative, there is no defense other than our faith. And that's why we as Christians must process everything through the lens of our faith. It reminds me of Colossians chapter 2, 8. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy or empty deception, according to the traditions of men and the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Jesus Christ. And it begins by saying, see to it that no one takes you. Mm-hmm. That's my responsibility, yeah. that I must be grounded in the truth and have the capacity to discern good and evil and make that assessment so that I would not be seduced or cajoled into believing yeah. a lie. And that's where we are. I mean, it it is astonishing when you see how when they go out and they talk to these people that are rioting and creating all kinds of violence and and burning down, burning down black African, businesses, black businesses, right. Don't tell me that this is about justice when you're out there destroying black lives and black communities and black businesses. Don't tell me that. And you see these people being interviewed and you see these are people that are just simply not very smart and they don't know what they're talking about. It's a scary environment we live in. But the the beautiful thing right now is what we started out this conversation. God is using Mm -hmm. the Black Lives Matter whatever you want to call it, movement, movement or whatever, to grow the pro-life movement. Mm -hmm. It's really strange. Mm -hmm. And he's using my Alpha 21 to do that. And this is extremely important. Yeah. We're not a political organization, but it changes politics. Yeah. Because the Democrat Party now is totally sold out to the abortion lobby. Well, politics flows downstream from culture. If you change the culture, you change politics. And that's what the left has known for years. That's why they've been active in Hollywood and some of these other places. Well, and the point I was going to make was that when we show black people the realities of abortion, and that Mm -hmm. not only is it cold-blooded murder of an innocent human being, but it's targeted at you. Yeah. Then we make them Mm pro-life. And when we make them pro-life, we drive a wedge between them and the Democrat Party. And that's what scares the Democrats so bad, because traditionally, Republicans will get, what, Stephen, 8 to 10, maybe 12 percent of the black vote. That's pretty high, yeah. And <laughs> then they win the election. And then when Democrats win an election, they usually win about two or three percentage points, because most elections in America today are won by just razor-thin margins. So that, right. that means that if you drive a wedge between the most reliable Democrat voters, which are blacks, if you drive a wedge between the Democrats and them, and you don't have to win every black person, if you just got two percent, twenty-five or thirty percent total, if you just increase it two or three percent over what it is now, they can't win another election, and the Democrats know that. Mm-hmm. That's why this is such a threat to them, and why they go so ballistic at our assertion and that we've proven. It's not an assertion; it's fact. It's a fact now. Yeah, um, and the fact of the matter is, is if we can convince black people that this is what's happening to them. We can end abortion in America. It's mm-hmm. over. And you've heard me say this since day one, Pastor Broden. I even made that point in that meeting that I was talking about we had 11 years ago. If we bring the African-American community into the pro-life movement in significant numbers, 
this battle is over. The abortion industry cannot sustain themselves if they lose that support. And that's what we're in the process of doing. And MAFA 21 is the thing that's brought all these people in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been tremendous. And, yep. you know, I think one thing that we've been fighting <clears throat> against is a phenomenon that's kind of unique in my generation. You know, Pastor Broden, you and Mark, when you grew up, if you wanted information, you went to the library and you had the indexes that you had to comb through. Our generation has Google. I'm with your generation. I'm not back there with Mark. <laughs> no, he's not. He's, <laughs> wait a minute. I mean, I'm not a dinosaur. <laughs> well, no, I'm not talking about dinosaur. I'm just talking about how much technology has changed within the last 10, 15 years. But You're still carrying that grudge, aren't you, aren't you, Stephanie? <laughs> Do we want to talk about that? No, let's not bring up football. That's a rabbit hole that we'll get well, wait lost a minute. in. He's a, bit, he's a big Michigan guy, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> and I'm a big Alabama guy, and they played here a few months ago, and Stefan was actually convinced that they had a shot. Hello? Is anybody on this line? Uh, yeah, now he's, now he's pretending like he can't hear us again. <laughs> Which I knew for a fact that they didn't, and I think secretly he knew for a fact they didn't either, but he had to play like they did. And now he's still bitter about that, and he's, mm. he's trying to get back at me and calling yeah. me old and... You know, it's not like I'm 72 years old and don't know that I'm old. You know, I know that. You walk past the mirror every day. <laughs> you see yourself. I see myself every day. I know how old I am. But my generation, you know, we rely on Google and search engines, which are not neutral. They're biased. And they have proven without a shadow of a doubt to show their bias and how they're manipulating the results. But when we have information at our fingertips and it doesn't take much effort, we get lazy. And so when someone tells us something, we're like, well, I want you to provide the source, not just the source. I want you to provide the page and the line number because right. I've gotten I'm too con- lazy to do I'm, it. I've been conditioned to have all this information sent to me instead of go out, look at both sides of an issue, find the truth. Our generation doesn't do that because we have been existing. Spoon-fed. Yeah, we've been spoon fed information constantly, every day, advertisers, right. facts, and we don't have to go search for it. And yep. I think that's what makes this problem even worse. Yep. But we're making tremendous headway. We've made tremendous headway over the last 11 years with MAFA. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing it accelerate dramatically mm-hmm. in just the last week or so, week or 10 days. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a total change. Right. Uh, and we're excited about that. And we would encourage your listeners to go to my offer 21, take a look at the video at the trailers, buy a video, do a watch party, get this message and, and out start and get the message out. It just needs to happen. And what a great opportunity. As I said, what they intended for evil, God is making it for good. That's exactly right. And that's the reason I wanted to have you on today, because we've had some conversations in, over the last couple of days with black leaders around the country, you've been involved in those conversations, and we're going to have a lot more in the next few days because I'm convinced that this is an opportunity God is giving us, but it has a shelf life. We have to capitalize. Now, what, what, uh, Mark, tell them what we're doing right now. We're trying to come up with a title of some sort, a moniker that we can put on it that will make it attractive to young people today. Yeah, we're doing several things. That's one of them. We need input, and we always tell people out there, if you've got some idea about something that, for Pro-Life America podcast, we need to hear from you. Yeah, uh, you can send those to mark at prolifeamerica.com, and we'll get that. Or you can even go to lifedynamics.com forward slash podcast. We have a nice little form where you could submit it right there. So, Yep. We've got opportunities here, but you know we can't afford to take them for granted and not capitalize on them. They're not going to be here forever. And my thinking is that the way this country is going, uh, and I'm concerned about our country. I'm concerned about what's going to happen in November. 
We don't even know what's going to happen next week. I mean, right. You know, I made a point the other day, and Pastor Roden, you tell me if you don't agree with this. And, you know, I've had these conversations before, like, what are our grandchildren going to, what kind of world are they going to live in? What's the world going to look like if it keeps going the way it is in 20 or 25 years from now? Now we're not even worried about what it's going to look like in 25 years. We're worried about what it's going to look like next year or two years from now. Two weeks from now. That's the way things are accelerating. If you had told me that a group of socialists were going to set up, take over six right. blocks of Seattle and everybody was just going to sit there and watch it happen. Watch it happen. And yeah. the police not come in there while there's rapes and shootings and all this other stuff, I would have told you you were nuts. And here we are. But that's what's happened. Right. Well, even more sinister than that, guys, is that we have codified immorality into our culture. Yep. We have same-sex marriage. We have sodomy that's legalized. And what Justice Roberts did the other week is to give special protected class to transgender men who believe that they're women and women who believe that they're men. They are a protected class now in America. Our country has turned its back on God. I was just reading in Samuel today that Phineas' wife, before she died, gave birth to a child. And she named that child Ichabod, which means the glory of the Lord has departed from Israel. Could it be that Ichabod is showing his head in America? I don't think there's any doubt about it. We have totally walked away from all the values that we embraced that allowed this country to become what it is the greatest nation in the history of the world. But we're walking away from that now. Kind of like we're saying to God, thank you for getting us here now. You go sit down over there. We'll take it from here. That's kind of what we're doing as a people. And I think there's going to come a point, and we may have already reached that point. You know, when, when you talk to non-believers, they're going to say, well, when you say God's judgment, do you mean he's going to send locusts or, you know, warts or, you know, plagues or what? No, I think that God's judgment on America will be very simple. It'll just be simple withdrawal. Mm-hmm. He's going to look at us and say, okay, I told you what the rules were, and when you followed those rules, I profited you beyond any nation in the history of the world. But you decided you want to do things your way, good luck to you. Y'all have at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It won't be locusts this time. It'd be it worse. Be Marxist. It'd be Marxists and Maoists. And that's They're what... like locusts right now, eating away at our very fabric of who we are yep. and our constitutional rights. And Marxism is like a snake oil salesman. It comes in and promises all these things and leaves you with a tonic that makes you go bald, basically. Yeah. What's wrong with being bald? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going to leave that one alone. What's wrong with being bald? <laughs> I knew I had to bring a bald joke in there. Yeah. Nothing. Right. You actually look good for somebody who's bald. Not everybody can pull off the bald look. You do pretty good with it, so you should count your blessings. Clean it up, girl. <laughs> Too late. Too late. No, if he was genuinely sensitive about the bald thing, I would never bring it up. Well, when you started going bald in high school, you learned not to be too sensitive about it. I told him that he needed to do a video series called The Bald Truth. I mean, it is brilliant. It's not brilliant. It's goofy. That's you got See, Broden likes it. That's all the time we have. We're way over. This oh, is, sure, sure. Now that we're talking about the bald thing, now that I we, don't now care we about have the to bald, get out because of the time. One uh-huh. way or the other. Sure. Pastor Roden, I want to say how much we appreciate your being on, and we're going to have you on in the future because we're just getting started with this kind of resurgence of my Alpha 21. It never went away over the last 11 years, but it's back with a vengeance now. It was percolating. Right. It's, got, it's got a life now, and it, that's a good word. It's percolating, and we need to take advantage of it. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. You know, and I would encourage our listeners, if you haven't seen Alpha 21, 
Go see it right now. Go watch it. And if you have seen MAVA 21, be sure to share it with Have a watch everybody, party. Depending on your coronavirus restrictions. Right. If you can, have a watch party with the closest people that, you know, you love and will share. Or, or that you don't care if with. you give them. <laughs> or you don't care if you give them coronavirus. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. Right. But, uh, you know, encourage people to go watch it because it's available for free on our website to go watch. Right. How many documentaries do you know that do that? Yeah. Most people don't. Anyway, uh, that's all the time we have until next Thursday when we have a new Pro-Life America podcast. Remember, Life Dynamics is not here to put up a good fight. We're here to win. Take names. (laughs) Change the culture. (laughs) Because winning is how the killing stops. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye.